Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the radio program today's issues here on AFR. Thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Tim Wildman here with Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Good to be with you guys. And Chris Woodward. Good morning. And we thank you folks for listening. Uh, If you want to watch us on the internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and type in today's issues, today's issues uh, on Facebook or YouTube. And uh, we appreciate you uh, watching there. We post the stories that we discuss on our Today's Issues Facebook page. Um, all right. So, uh, Fred, you went out to California for a conference, right? Yes. Uh, Jan Markell, our guest uh, on Thursdays here on Today's Issues. And she hosts Understanding the Times, a program here on the, the weekend on American Family Radio. She holds a conference every year. And basically the thrust of the conference is what the Bible says in Bible prophecy. And uh, so this conference this year, they didn't hold it in Minneapolis where Jan lives. They thought it might be better because there's a lot of stuff going on in Minneapolis. So they moved it down to Southern California to uh, Calvary Chapel and Chino Hills, which is about 35 miles inland from Orange County. And uh, so they held the conference there at that church. It's a terrific church. Uh, Pastor there is Jack Hibbs. Uh, it was packed. There were people from all over the country there. There were people listening and watching the conference, I think they said from over 50 countries around the world, and they had over 30,000 people uh, streaming it. So it was a great conference. Uh, Jan Markell led it off uh, with uh, what she's been liking to say over the last year. She says, things aren't falling apart. Things are falling into place. And she relates that to biblical prophecy of what it'll be like in the last days, and she sees a lot of those prophecies coming true today. So it was a great conference. Amen. And we're going to try to get Pastor Hibbs yes. on uh, our show here. Yeah. Terrific pastor. All Terrific right. pastor. They, you know, on Sunday morning, I went back to the church there on Sunday morning. They have three services on Sunday morning. I, I've heard of churches having two services it's the first church I had. Uh, I've heard of having a service at seven fifteen in the morning on Sunday morning. Seven fifteen. That'll test your religion right there. It was packed mm. because the time zones there. I was up early anyway, so I go to the seventeen fifty because they said the nine thirty is really crowded. So I, mm-hmm. I got there. Uh, there are probably about eighty cars already in the parking lot. That was six thirty in the morning. Mm. At 7.50, and the service was packed. Now, does Pastor Hibbs preach all three services? He does on a regular basis. Uh, uh, Dr. Heinzen, who is a teacher, a uh, biblical teacher at Liberty University, uh, spoke this past Sunday morning. But normally, yes, the pastor speaks all three services. Wow. That's tough. Yeah, twice. Yeah. Do you speak the third same? Time. Do you preach the same message? Oh, yeah. Three? I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the third time you go clip notes. <laughs> okay. You're doing it off the top of your head. All right, you point. people can go back and watch the first two services this morning. I'm worn out. Okay, I'm just going to give you the yeah 
the note cards here. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. <laughs> Goodbye. <All> right. <laughs> okay, welcome to our third service this morning. What we're going to do is watch a videotape from my first message this morning, <laughs> and then we'll discuss. All right, uh, my dad, speaking of that, uh, he when he first started pastoring, mm-hmm. yeah, this was in the 60s, and, and here in Mississippi, and he was uh, just out of seminary, a Methodist mm-hmm. preacher. And uh, so the he had four churches. Oh. Uh, they were all rural, mm-hmm. rural churches, and uh, let's see, two of them met every Sunday, I think, and the two other ones met every other Sunday. But yeah, they gave him. They, I, I I told him uh, he they did that to see if he would quit. <laughs> you know, if you'll stay on when you got four churches to pastor, then wow. and you're right out of seminary, you mm. yeah, maybe you're maybe you're fit to be a in the pastorate for a long time. Boy. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's a challenge. And, and like I said, they were rural churches, so they were spread out all over the county. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the way, uh, now maybe there are other denominations who did this too, mm-hmm. but that's the way Methodists at the time at least did. Did uh, That's tough. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so much to talk about today. Let's get started, Chris. Well, the um, Recall election there in California is today. This is where voters are going to decide of the more than 40 candidates on the ballot uh, who will replace Governor Gavin Newsom if a majority of voters decide that Newsom himself should be recalled. Uh, Larry Elder has been uh, kind of the face of the recall movement because polling tends to show him in front of the approximately 40 candidates uh, to replace Newsom. But again, it I'm all th- hinges. I'm number 36. You yeah. look down there. <laughs> it all hinges on uh, whether or not you get enough people to say on question one of the two-part question, should Gavin Newsom be recalled? If they get a majority of people there, then the second question is going to be, if Governor Newsom is recalled, which of these 110 billion candidates do you want to replace uh, Governor Gavin Newsom? Um, and you guys mentioned uh, Jack Hibbs. He was a guest yesterday on a show called Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, which airs on AFR at 4 o'clock Central. Uh, and Pastor Hibbs told Tony Perkins that he thinks Elder is going to win. Clip one. Our sense on the ground is an overwhelming victory uh, for Larry Elder, uh, apart from this cheating that we're hearing about. However, Tony, uh, the Republican turnout that we're hearing about uh, preliminary is massive, and the Democrat turnout is extremely low right now. Very low motivation for the Democrat to get out and vote. So we are very optimistic. But please, America, please pray for us. Whatever happens in California does not stay here. But let's pray that tomorrow is the beginning of a turn where California. Uh, makes a comeback. That's what we're praying for, and we we expect California to to make a remarkable change. It's interesting that he said whatever happens in California has an impact on America. This may be the only time in history that Pastor Jack Hibbs and Joe Biden are saying the same thing, except Joe Biden, when he was campaigning for Newsom yesterday, said, watch out, because if that Larry Elder wins, that means Donald Trump is coming to California. That's what Biden said last night in a rally at Long Beach. And that's it's been really interesting, of course, being out in California the last few days. There's recall plaques everywhere, these side of the road 
uh, a very strong surge against Governor Newsom. But what's mm. really interesting, during this campaign, nobody's been saying anything good that Newsom has done. He is despised, I'll put it that way, for the way he handled uh, the, the pandemic over the last year or so. Of course, everybody remembers that picture of him after lecturing the people of California, do not go out, don't go to restaurants, etc., etc. Pictures of him showing up at a restaurant with friends and no mask on. So he was came out and he apologized afterwards. But he hasn't campaigned on anything good that he's done. Instead, the whole campaign has been aimed at Larry Elder. Mm-hmm. And and trying to equate Larry Elder uh, with Donald Trump. And Biden mm-hmm. continued that last night. But I'll tell you what. Well, the I, L.A. Times columnist said that Larry Elder, who is a black fella, yes. said that he was the face of white supremacy. Right. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine spinning that. Right. Come so, on. Uh, Come on. Uh, imagine the person's face as they wrote that. Like, right. I know this is probably going to. Yeah. Cause a stir kind of thing. Yes. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. We'll know the vote tonight, right? No. It'll no. be a while. Oh, it'll it, be a while? It could take a couple of weeks. That's okay. not to say that a news outlet won't call it tonight. Uh, you know, oftentimes news outlets, they want to be the first to report something. So who mm-hmm. knows? Uh, you may have somebody call it at 701. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I bet I bet Gavin Newsom's uh, and the Democrat, Gavin Newsom's team and the Democrats, they are sweating it today. Mm-hmm. Because uh, now I don't think. This is me talking here personally, my opinion. If this were a general, normal general election, I don't think a Republican would have a snowball's chance mm-hmm. to win mm-hmm. in California. California has got so many lefties. Mm-hmm. But in a, a special election like this, with the anger towards Governor Newsom's mm-hmm. handling of the COVID situation, uh, there is... Uh, uh, there, there, there's enough energy on the Republican side. Mm-hmm. If the Democrats don't come out right and vote, there's enough energy on the Republican side that this could be a, a major upheaval in California. Pastor Hibbs at that Calvary Chapel in Chino Hills, his church there, they had polling stations over the last three Sundays mm-hmm. there where people could come and vote. He told uh, the church service on Sunday that in that those three Sundays, 20,000, 20, 22,000 had voted at that church alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, today he feels the mm-hmm. momentum is on. Now, you've probably read the stories, the polling that says Newsom, uh, they, the people of California will not vote for recall. Pastor uh, Hibbs is saying the energy is on the Republican side in all mm-hmm. of this. And he expects a huge turnout today. Yeah, we actually have some audio of what Fred's talking about here. We have two clips from Pastor Jack Hibbs this morning. Uh, in this one, uh, Hibbs told Washington Watch that people in his church have been voting. Clip two. In the last three Sundays, from 7 a.m. to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Sundays only, three of them, we have collected 22,313 ballots. Those ballots are ballots cast by our congregation. They are hand-carried by that individual to the church, deposited it in an actual legal lockbox under video watch and guard. And today, as we speak, Tony, I'm so delighted. Those ballots are now making their way to four different county uh, registrar's offices to be handed over to the authorities, meaning 
that we are probably conducting the most secure, accurate ballot cast that I could possibly think of here in America is actually happening as you and I speak. Yeah, but we've already heard reports, guys, of cheating going on out there. Yeah. Uh, reports of people showing up to vote mm-hmm. and the uh, election official telling them, wait a minute, you've already voted. Yeah. And these people are saying, wait a minute, I'm right here, standing mm-hmm. in front of you. I have not voted. And the uh, registrar, or whoever it is, is saying, no, we have a record here that you've already voted. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have to watch for that. Have to watch for well, that. Well, I, you know. As is often the case, uh, generally you can uh, say some things if you're a lefty and then you get the media to uh, to come up to your defense here. Just a couple of examples of how the AP and the New York Times are spinning the uh, situation here. The New York Times, this is their headlines uh, headline, false election claims in California recall a new GOP normal. Okay, <laughs> And this is how the AP uh, refers to it. The AP is a website... Uh, a news outlet that virtually everybody who can afford to pay for it um, runs mm. to some extent. And the AP, this is their headline, GOP pushes unfounded fraud claims. Yeah, yeah. unfounded. All right, next story, Chris. Well, let's uh, mention this. It's a uh, big story at the moment. Newsmax is doing uh, what you call wall-to-wall coverage of it at the moment. Fox has it as well, I'm sh- uh, sure. Uh, but Secretary of State Antony Blinken is speaking to members of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee about the Af- Afghanistan exit. Um, you know, President Biden pulled all the troops out uh, in recent days uh, and left many Americans and uh, some Afghan uh, friends, allies, uh, there to suffer under the Taliban. And so uh, Secretary Blinken is expected uh, to get some tough questions today from senators. And if yesterday's um incidents or any uh indicators uh we probably will have some fireworks to uh, bring in tomorrow here's some audio of a couple of uh people that went after secretary of state blinken yesterday let's begin with this one uh this is representative brian mast who accused secretary blinken of manipulating intelligence on afghanistan after biden asked afghan president ashraf ghani to help him change the perception of afghan security forces and then Blinken denies, uh, he then denied Blinken a platform to tell his lies, his words. Clip seven. I do not believe whatsoever what you're saying about the administration not working to manipulate that intelligence to me. That is the most logical, the most logical explanation of how so many in the intelligence community got this so wrong about what was going to happen in Afghanistan. In my opinion, that's absolutely aid and comfort to the enemy. I absolutely wonder if you were complicit in this as well. We deserve to know better answers, have better hearings on this. I do not believe a word that you're saying on this. Simply put, I do not wish to hear from you. I'm not simply you put, a Congressman. Of time. What you said I'm not is yielding dead you a moment wrong. Of time. I don't wish there to hear your lies. Manipulation you of intelligence. When you period. In front of the camera, and you, not listen you have to all you. been don't regularly advised of the intelligence no, assessments. All the gentlemen, over the gentlemen, these are these are ships passing in the night, uh, Chris. <laughs> right there, uh, the congressman didn't want to hear from the he secretary. He did not. He just all right. Next story. Well, let's uh, do this because. I, this almost sounded like a Babylon B story. We live in an era where you often see things reported by popular news outlets, well-known news outlets, and you think that sounds like fake news or a satirical story. But in this case, it is not. I have the audio to show it. Um, you can show an audio? Yes, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, you, i got to watch this. <laughs> 
Thank you. Magic. Broadcasting classes are really paying off today. All right. Uh, this is audio of Representative John Yarmuth. He is a Democrat from Kentucky and chairman of the House Budget Committee. He says, and I'm not making this up, yeah. the U.S. is not and cannot go broke. <laughs> Clip nine. We are not broke as a nation. Uh, we are not bankrupt. We can't go bankrupt. We, we absolutely cannot go bankrupt because we have the power to create as much money as we need to spend to serve the American people. Yeah, now, I heard that last a few days ago. I don't know when it was. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, this fella is the chairman of the budget committee for the Democrat Party in Washington. The United States Congress, this guy is very powerful, all right? He's from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had Democrats in Kentucky. Uh, Elected to Congress in Kentucky, but he he is from one of their districts. Yes. Now, uh, li- li- listen to what he says closely. Uh, I mean, this is like you said, this isn't some satirical video. This is uh, he's saying. Well, listen to it one more time, then I'll come back and interpret what he said. We are not broke as a nation. Uh, we are not bankrupt. We can't go bankrupt. We, we absolutely cannot go bankrupt because we have the power to create as much money as we need to spend to serve the American people. We have the power to create as much money as we need to serve the American people. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would challenge the congressman. If that's true, then give us all a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, make us all millionaires mm-hmm. because you have unlimited power to create money. That's what he says. This is the ideology. This is the philosophy of the Democrat party in America today. Mm -hmm. It's socialistic. It's, uh, communistic. It's Marxist. It is, uh, it, it is the, it's the road paved to economic Hades. If you take that approach, what he's talking about there, everybody knows that can't be true, right? Yeah. Now, if you say, well, the Republicans spend money too, they, they, they're, they're deficit spenders as well. Uh, that is true, to a certain, but to a lot lesser extent, a lot lesser? To a lesser extent, uh, yeah, a lot lesser extent than the Democrats. The Republicans... I would just say at least have a conscience. <laughs> now, I'm not exonerating them for mm-hmm. some of the debt that's been racked up under the Bush and, the, and even the Trump years, but uh, the Democrats have no conscience. They believe you can spend yourself. They don't believe there's a bit oblivion out there. Listen to this gentleman right here talk. Mm-hmm. But you said something interesting, Fred. Uh, that kind of approach, what he's talking about, that sp- you can spend for as much as you want forever with no consequences. That's what he said, right? Am yes, I right? That's mm-hmm. what he said. I'm not misinterpreting yep. what he nope. said. Nope. Then where does that leave you? Uh, What's a model country that we can look at? Zimbabwe. Once, once upon a time, there was a country called Venezuela. Yeah. Rich, rich in oil. Yeah. We bought oil from Venezuela. Yeah. It was a hugely successful economy. Yeah. 
But then the left-wing Marxist socialists took over. I invite you, whether you're liberal, right. Democrat, Republican, right. conservative, to go look at Venezuela today. It is a third-world dictatorship. The mm. government was producing money like crazy. This, this is economics 101. I'm right. sorry. Right. If you want to get your wheelbarrows ready is what I tell you. If, you, if, if this country follows the philosophy of this Democrat says, get your wheelbarrows ready. And what am I saying? Because you'll need a wheelbarrow full of cash to go and buy a loaf of bread. This is what happens. If, we, if you're going to hit hyperinflation mm-hmm. first. That's, that's what's yeah. going to happen. Right. Is hyperinflation. Listen, honest economists, they're already saying now. Joe Biden, we, we're going to go out and spend another $3.5 trillion, trillion, on, dollars. trillion dollars on infrastructure. Well, we're not only borrowing money, folks. Now he wants to get the, the money printing yeah. presses going, yeah. and we're just going to produce. No, this, this will light at hyperinflation. If you think you're paying high gas prices right now, it ain't nothing. This is reckless. Somebody, nothing short of reckless what he, he is proposing. Somebody was telling me yesterday, and I don't know, uh, that a major, I was told this, I haven't checked it out, that, okay, Kroger, um, the Kroger grocery store chain, mm-hmm. s- some someone, well, was saying, from Kroger was saying, expect prices to start going up on our, on our, on, on, on the, on all the groceries. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're. Uh, we we are not responsible for what's about to happen. It's we're just uh, a part of the mm-hmm. uh, meat going up and right. I, I, other things going up. I don't I don't have that quote in front of me, so I'll check on that. I have it right here. You do? Uh, that, what, who are you quoting? This is uh, it's a Fox Business story, and it is quoting. Um, CFO Gary Millerchip, he said, Kroger is, quote, passing along higher costs to the customer when it makes sense to do so. Um, and he goes on to say that uh, we can expect higher prices. Basically, they're getting higher prices. Therefore, it's going to get passed on to us. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, listen, back to the uh, what we were talking about here, this idea that you can just print and borrow money, uh, you know, as much as you want. There is, there's a couple things. I'm not an expert. If you haven't figured out, neither on, is John Yormuth. Uh, uh, right on economic, uh, you know, what an econ- the topic of economics. However, the, the, the we have going for us. What we have going for us here in the U.S. is we're the the dollar is the world's revert reserve currency. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now Venezuela didn't have that going for them. I'm just saying what the other side would argue here. Secondly, we do have um, printing presses. Well, I guess other countries could have printing presses too. But the main thing is that the dollar is the world's reserve currency. Uh, and so, but if it's true that you can print as much money as you want, you can never go bankrupt. That's what this Democrat mm-hmm. budget chairman said. You, you, We can't go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I would say, I would ask him to. Then uh, why didn't why didn't he champion a million bucks for every American? Mm-hmm. Because uh, there is uh, all right. If that's true, if what he's saying is true, there's no need for taxation. 
That's right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yep. Man, I could pay. Oh, no. I, I could buy a wheelbarrow today if I yeah. didn't have to pay taxes. Yes. <laughs> no. If his logic, mm-hmm. you follow his thinking to its logical conclusion, you would have to say there is no need mm-hmm. for taxation because <laughs> you can print as much money as you want without consequence. That's that's just idiocy. It is. Huh? And it's contrary to basic economics yeah. and, you, and, and history. But you sell that to enough Americans, that idea that you can you, free money from free stuff for everybody for eternity yeah. uh, until it isn't. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training. Here's another of our core values. We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. And we thank you for your support. You know, when Matthew 19, the the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, (laughs) marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez stormed the 2021 Met Gala wearing a high-dollar designer dress that had the words Tax the Rich plastered on her backside. The 31-year-old wannabe socialist who wants to ban cheeseburgers and airline travel was completely unaware of the ironic message she was sending, hobnobbing with the lifestyles of the rich and famous crowd. AOC says she wants to start a conversation about what it means to be a working-class girl at the Met, which is all well and good, but how many working-class guys or gals can afford a $35,000 ticket to eat barbecue meatballs at the Met? And by the way, I'm curious how a socialist on a congressional salary can afford a $35,000 ticket, not to mention the price tag on that designer dress with the matching shoes and handbag. Then again, maybe there was a sale on the discount rack over at Forever 21. I'm Todd Starnes. Do you ever get the feeling where you don't feel like doing anything? When you wish you could hit the snooze button on life? 
In her article, Time to Get Up and Work, Parker May talks about how people haven't been trying to work since the quarantine. Proverbs 13 verse 11 tells us that only by working will we increase. To read Parker's article, visit EngageMagazine.net. It's time to get up and work. In Him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything by the counsel of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of His glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues. That's the name of this program here on American Family Radio. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward, and we... Uh, again, want to welcome our new listeners in the Chattanooga area, 105.1 FM. We went on the air there two weeks ago, I guess it is, 10 days ago, something like that. And so if you have friends or family who live in the greater Chattanooga area, we have a new AFR station there. Be sure to tell them about it, 105.1 FM. Should you want to send us an email here? At AFR, comments at AFR.net is our address, our email address, comments at AFR.net. Uh, Sandy Rios joins us most thir- most Tuesdays, I should say, here on AFR for uh, this segment. She's Director of Governmental Affairs for AFA. In other words, she represents our ministry in our nation's capital, and she's also a uh, host of the program Sandy Rios in the morning. Heard weekdays, 7 o'clock Central Time, 7 to 8 o'clock Central Time. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. When you introduced me, I thought, well, maybe the reason I keep forgetting this is because I'm supposed to be there on Thursdays. (laughs) I I almost (laughs) slipped there, but I caught caught myself. Uh, Oh, I uh, like it. Sandy, uh, we really don't have a topic necessarily to ask you about. What, what's on your uh, show? What's on your mind right now? Well, uh, there are so many things, Tim. Honestly, I, I, I was just telling my producer, Adam, this morning, <laughs> I am overwhelmed by the amount of news, and uh, it's hard to keep up, but there are some important things. I Just in my inbox, I got a real interesting story about how teachers are on the Brooklyn Bridge chanting I can't say what they're chanting because it's vulgar. Some of them are, but they're, they're, they're chanting because the New York City mandate for uh, school, uh, for teachers and administrators to get the a vaccine, I think, is today. And so they're, they've got signs reading, last year's heroes, this year's unemployed. My body, my choice, I call the shots. Uh, it's, so that's pretty, one has a sign that says, when, in, when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. And there's a lot of them. You can see them on the bridge. Uh, so, uh, and I, I, this morning I was just seeing how many resisting pockets there are around the country. I, uh, it's uh, like uh, Joe Biden got, um, he got booed at Ground Zero. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, and then he was, he went to, uh, then he went to P- Pennsylvania and 
he got some resistance there too. In fact, he went to a fire station and these kids came to the fire station with Trump paraphernalia, mm-hmm. like make America great again, Trump. And they taped, they were surrounding him and he's smiling, holding them in his arms and they're taking pictures. So that's a funny way to protest, but they did that. And the kids were getting a pretty big kick out of what they were doing, but there were protests in a couple of other states too. So people are fighting back in various ways. And then um, the other thing is on this uh, Tony Blinken testimony. He's testifying in the Senate right now. He testified before he, the House He's yesterday. the Secretary of State? Yes. Okay. Uh, just a lot of interesting things. I um, Now it looks as though Democratic senators are demanding answers from him since he was a little uh, uh, vague <laughs> in the hearing yesterday and has been vague about it, not taking any responsibility for the disaster that was the withdrawal of Afghanistan. Um just one point on that, the New York Times and the Washington Post both reported that it's been uh, confirmed that when they, they were, the Biden administration, after that uh, bombing that killed 13 service members, was bragging about having retaliated. They had killed one person that they alleged had been responsible for that. But now we know from the New York Times reporting that that was actually an aid worker yes. uh, who was working with an American charity and, yes. and I think 10 children. It looks like they're still confirming that, but it looks like 10 children were killed by that drone. So that was an abject lie. Yeah. And uh, their disregard for human life is amazing. And so Blinken is on trial. Uh, to, one observation about that, then I'll be quiet, and if you guys have something to comment. They, um, Blinken didn't even bother to go to the House of Representatives to do his testimony. He stayed back in his office at the State Department. <laughs> and... Um, uh, now, he's in person at the Senate hearing this morning. I guess he thought he'd have a friendlier audience than he would have at the House. But just think of that. And one of the congressmen who took him to task was Brian Mast. And Brian lost both of his legs in Afghanistan. And he took Tony Blinken to task. Brian's not terribly articulate, but you can imagine the passion. And he held up the pictures of every single uh, Marine and other service member that were killed in that explosion and talked about them, held up every one of them. And Blinken was uh, so, you know, he just couldn't quite take the risk of coming in person. So he stayed in his office, and he's talking to a guy who took the risk, went to Afghanistan, lost both of his legs. How dare he even, how dare he try to make excuses for what he's done? He should hold his head in shame. I just can't believe the lack of shame or responsibility. So those are a couple of things that are on my mind. Now, back to the New York City situation. Is that where uh, the mayor, de Blasio, is uh, uh, mandating that New York City's public school teachers um, get, get, sh- get the uh, so. quote vaccine so. or get yeah. fired? Yes, mandatory shot law. Yes. That's uh, in New York. I don't know, uh, you know, if that's a uh, – right. I don't know. This is if, a tweet. If it's a city. Yeah. A city. Yeah, uh, it uh, sounds like to me they're protesting – yeah, uh, no, uh, Sandy's exactly right. I was reading the account on Fox this morning about this. Now, the teachers' union, they're the ones that contribute heavily to the Democratic Party. Right. So you got to yes. put this in perspective. Yes, exactly. These are union members. These teachers are probably, probably on most political issues, part of the radical left. Yeah. They are out in the streets, and Sandy's exactly right. We cannot quote what they have on their signs. Mm-hmm. But basically, oh, they're is telling— it English? <laughs> English bad words. Oh, okay. English bad words. Okay. Okay. Uh, telling, go pound sand. That's what they're saying. <laughs> That's how they say it in Canada. Go pound sand. 
Yeah. Uh, that that's that's where they are with this. They're, it's really interesting. The sign. Are they is, talking to De Blasio? Or are they talking to Biden? Well, it's this is the, a protest. Where, it's a it's a protest okay. against being told you must have the vaccination. Right. 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 Yeah. And. <laughs> And what the, 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 one of the signs is a sign that's often used by the pro-abortionists. You know, my body, my choice. Right. That mm-hmm. They're putting this up saying, my body, my choice to take the vaccination. You don't tell me that I have to take something in my arm in order to keep my job. Sandy, I don't know if you heard about the incident in upstate New York. I'm not where, sure. Where a, a group of nurses who worked in the... Uh, in the birthing section of a hospital all oh, yes. all quit yes over and they the, can't deliver any babies they right can't now. deliver any babies at yeah, that hospital yeah, now yeah, yeah. because and, all of those nurses quit over so, the mandatory and, vaccination and fred parallel to that i just played a clip yesterday of a a guy who's affiliated with the military i think his dad is active duty and he said that the these sophisticated high-ranking fighter pilots i think i think he said 17 have walked off just walked away because they're not going to get the shot. Yep. And let me, I, let me so ask you the, this, Sandy, yeah, uh, related yeah. to that. And, and this is like throwing red meat at a tiger. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I'm fully prepared for you to take you, over. The, I Tim, fully did you prepared. know that? That's how, this is what my husband calls me. He calls me tiger. <laughs> he'll be laughing at me. Well, yeah, he'll be laughing well, at you. Okay. okay. But okay. Uh, so I, we're fully prepared, uh, Fred and I are, to. Just give the show to you for the next fifteen minutes after asking you this question. But but uh, uh, I'm gonna. Ask, what do you say to those who say, listening to us right now, and they're going, "I don't get it, you people. Why don't you want to be a part of the solution? Just get a vaccine and and help 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 us get back on life as normal. It's it's because of you." People not wanting to get the shots that uh, that we can't that life uh, still can't get back to normal. There's your red meat. Go at it, Tiger. What, what do you what do you say? What what do you say to those people though? Rationally, not that you don't talk irrationally. I guess I would have to ask Bruce whether you do that. But uh, <laughs> but what what do you what do what, what do we, what's a, two or three points we say in in response to that? Well, I I think I would respond with a story this morning. Because um, ABC Detroit uh, did a tweet where they asked for people if they've had anyone in their family or close to them who were not vaccinated who have died of COVID. And uh, they said, you know, send us your name and we, you know, we're doing a story on this on how the unvaccinated are dying from COVID because they're not protected. So they got, guess how many responses? They got 80,000 responses, but it wasn't the responses they expected. It was my brother died. He was fully vaccinated. I just lost my mother. My sister is uh, in a coma. My, I mean, on and on and on about the effects of the vaccine. Where was this story out of? Detroit? Detroit. ABC Detroit. Well, they didn't print the story. It's just that you can see their Facebook post and gotcha. their stories written about what they did. So they got responses, all right, from gotcha. people. But they did not get stories about how... About I don't there may in the eighty thousand there might have been someone who said they had an unvaccinated person or family member but it was almost all people who had been vaccinated and harmed by the vaccination so I think the point I would make Tim is that I I would say and this is so discouraging I don't it doesn't give me pleasure to say these things but I would just help 
try to help people understand that all of our institutions have broken down. I was talking to a very good friend of mine who is in the medical field who does not agree with me on this. And uh, she was saying, well, who, who can we trust? If we can't trust the CDC and the FDA, well, what, you know, what do we do? And I, I haven't had a chance to respond, but I would say because we can't trust them anymore, just like we, my husband was part of the FBI, proudly served his, most of his adult life. And now that institution is completely corrupted. And I would say the same things happened with Congress. The same things happened with much of the Supreme Court. The same things happened with almost every federal agency, the Justice Department, and it certainly has happened at the CDC and the FDA. Our institutions that we have trusted all these years have been infiltrated by the left and right, you know, roundly infiltrated, not just a few. They've, been, they've just been turned over to the left. So you cannot believe... And we can give specific examples why we can't believe the FDA, FDA and the CDC. Uh, we, I'll just give one example. This is out of their own uh, CDC. This is months ago when they were reporting all the deaths from COVID. In small print, in one of their reports, we found out that however many they, deaths they were claiming at that point, only, and hear me now, only 6% of those so-called COVID deaths were from COVID. The other 94% were from other conditions, what they call comorbidities. They came, people were sick with other things, bad hearts, uh, diabetes, or whatever. And so uh, they tested positive for COVID, but COVID was not the central thing that was happening to them. It was just additional. But hospitals, because the CDC put this in motion, got more money for claiming more people. I'll give you a current example of that one. I just played this morning uh, um, a Zoom meeting between, uh, I think these were doctors in, a, I don't know the state. Uh, but uh, North it's Carolina. Been, okay, and they were talking about how to pad the COVID numbers and yeah. how we're going to have to scare people more. Do we have that clip? Too, excuse me to interrupt you, Sandy. I'm yeah, asking Brent. Good. We played that yesterday. Steve Jordahl brought it in, <laughs> and it was from uh, – I, I want to. He didn't know the exact hospital, but was in North Carolina. To your point, right? Is, yeah. is, Brent, see if you can find that. It Go would ahead. have been the end of the list yesterday, somewhere near the end, Brent. Well, you know, yesterday, uh, in, in, in also in uh, conjunction, I guess, with what you're saying, Sandy. There was a story I was reading on the Blaze just before we came on the air, and it was how in Australia their health officials didn't want to report on the effectiveness of treating COVID with ivermectin. Is that how you pronounce yep. it? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. They didn't want to report on the, on the success of treatment of that because they were afraid that it would keep people from getting the vaccine that they were pushing. Well, okay. yes. You know, and here's the thing, too. Just let's use common sense, if it's possible, from lay people. Because I've got plenty to say about what the experts are saying, which is they're scaring me to death. But from lay people, let's just get back, sit back and listen, or sit back and observe. Why would the CDC and the FDA attack, and I don't mean just criticize or say be careful. Why would they attack and try to destroy every treatment that's been tried? Even if it isn't effective, if it doesn't harm people, no foul, no game. I mean, no law. People, we have a right to try medications. So we, they first did it with hydroxychloroquine, which has been around for decades, and it has been so successful in Africa, has 
have any, has anyone heard about a COVID outbreak in Africa? Hmm, I don't think so. They take that every Saturday. That missionary started that year, decades ago. It's called. It was for malaria, and it's a. It treats that whatever it happens, it treats this kind of thing, and so um, that's so. But they had to attack it and destroy it, and they did, and they made it unavailable. Even though it's, in many countries it's sold, you just go in the drugstore and buy your own bottle like aspirin. And then ivermectin is also harmless. It won the Pulitzer Prize. They called it the miracle drug. I know. And now suddenly, oh, no, that's horrible, dangerous. And then lastly, in Florida, Ron DeSantis, by the way, it's available other states too, but you just don't know about it. These monoclonal antibody treatments, there are stations in Florida now, and I'm hearing that people are really, it's really taking care of COVID. If you go within the first 10 days of suspecting that you have it, uh, it's been, people have been really responding well. But they, they're now they're attacking that. So why would they do that? You I know, know if people can get helped with drugs that don't have terrible side effects. Why would you I know. attack and destroy them? I know. I, I agree with you that ivermectin uh, was, the, as you say, that won the no, it's the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, Nobel, yeah, yeah. What well, I said, Pulitzer. Pulitzer you said Pulitzer, but <laughs> that's, it was the Nobel Peace Prize for, me, I guess, for, for medicine, medicine or mm-hmm. five years ago or so. It was the miracle considered the miracle drug lauded by the by the Dr. Fauci's of the world. Uh-huh. Uh, for I mean, his profession, for example, has this great invention uh, that's going to help millions of people around the world, and and uh, and there are, listen, do your own research, do your own homework, talk to your friends and and family who are knowledgeable, listen to Sandy, uh, you know, go, but 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 don't just trust what the mainstream medical community even says mm-hmm. or what the mainstream media says without checking it out, check uh, going to alternative sources. Now back to my point, but, but now with the ivermectin, which by the way is a uh, dewormer for horses as another use, but also mm-hmm. has a human uh, dose dosage. Yes. Okay. But see, you, you talk about ivermectin, then you get laughed off the stage for being a person who's a flat earther, mm-hmm. okay? Which which nobody is saying, go take a horse dosage of uh, of an ivermectin and you're going to be cured of COVID. No, but as Sandy says, these therapeutics. Remember Donald Trump, President Trump at the time, he talked about the hydro. Um, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxy. I'm sorry, folks. I know folks get tired of me not being able to get that, but I, there's only so. During college, I can't spell it. But during college football season, there's <laughs> only so much I can put into the brain, you know. But anyway, the doc, uh, President Trump talked about that, and uh, all he did was talk about it, uh, you know, as a possible therapeutic treatment. It, that that uh, just as ivermectin is used around the world, right. has been say, and, and yet you talk about those things. And you just get uh, ridiculed, and, and for doctors, and they get they potentially get uh, their license taken away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Tim, so you have I... to ask. Yeah, as Sandy just asked, you have to ask why. Hey, Sandy, we got this clip. That did you play this on your show? What you talking about that hospital? In, yes. Uh, okay, you played that on your. You know where that? Uh, you don't remember what state it was in? I don't even know no. what hospital it is, but it's not. It was. It was a. Just listen to this uh, back and forth. Maybe we need to be completely a little bit more scary for the public. 
Then there's another comment, as I completely agree, there are many people still hospitalized that we're considering post-COVID, but we're not counting in those numbers. So how do we include those post-COVID people in the numbers of the patients we have in the hospital? So is that all the people who have been in the hospital since the beginning of COVID? Patients that are still in the hospital, that are off the COVID floor, but still are occupying the hospital for a variety of reasons. I'm sorry, we, we're calling those recovered now. If you look at yeah. the Navant Health dashboard, they're listed as recovered. But I do think it, from our standpoint, we would still consider them a COVID patient because they're still healing. Yeah. So I think that that needs to be highlighted as well. Kellen, we can talk offline and yeah. how we run that up to marketing. I think we have to be more blunt. We have to be more forceful. We have to say something coming out. You know, you don't get vaccinated, you know you're going to die. I mean, let's just let's just be really blunt to these people. That, that's that's some hospital uh, some hospital uh, uh, doctors and administrators. administrators I guess but you doctors could, too. Doctors too, and <clears throat> and so when you hear, I don't, I I wish we had exactly where that came from. I, my apologies for that, but oh. but I still think it's worthwhile playing because I think a lot of people are suspicious mm-hmm. that this is. Uh, this is uh, symptomatic of what's going on in the medical profession around the country. Yeah, Tim, could I jump in? Go, no, please do. <laughs> yes. I, I was just going to say, um, okay, again, common sense. Just back away for a second. Right. So you've got the so-called experts, the FDA, CDC, and now the medical community, the ones that have the largest voice, They're not telling the truth about a lot of things we could go into, about the medications that are available. They won't give you any medication. Isn't that strange? There's never been a time in U.S. history that I know of that they refuse to treat people for their illness. And they, uh, so they're lying about a lot of different things. I'm not saying they're all liars, but the ones with the loudest voices are telling untruths. And then they're bribing hospitals and doctors to continue the lies. <clears throat> we know that they're lying. They're paying hospitals a lot of money to keep this charade up. And then the people that are speaking out that are just saying, hey, wait a minute, that's not, that's not what I'm seeing. Of the 80,000 that wrote, and these are not medical people, but the 80,000 that wrote in response to that uh, ABC outlet in Detroit saying, I'm not, I, I, my vaccinated family are, are dying and being harmed by the vaccination. This is my story. They don't want to know that. So the press is not talking about that. Uh, and so they're punishing people actually trying to speak the truth. And uh, I think yeah. that uh, should be a huge red flag. Also, you you have to, in the world we live in, how many of us have ever heard this expression, follow the money? Mm-hmm. Okay, money is not in and of itself a bad thing. And, and, and I don't, uh, thank God for pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. who spend billions of dollars to research to help the health of the world and Mm -hmm. especially us here in america with our america can look and be proud of the uh, scientific discoveries that we've made the vaccines that we've come up with that have helped our own country and the world so that's that's wonderful but at the same time you have to you, you you have to look at what are conflict of interest and could that possibly be influencing the kinds of statements we just heard from those hospital doctors right. and administrators where they're basically saying we need to scare the devil out of people 
so that they get the shot, mm-hmm. so that they get the vaccine. Now, here's what I'm saying when I say follow the money. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. we all know this is the real world. It happens, uh, happens every day. That is, the money influences uh, statements and decisions that if the money were absent, it, it, would, it wouldn't influence. When you have billions of dollars made by the pharmaceutical companies on the vaccines, and they in turn write checks to congressmen to fund their campaigns and and write checks to and give free stuff to doctors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on now. That's the expression used in quid pro in, quo in churches. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That th- those things, that's the real world we live in and if these doctors who would otherwise say things differently are compromised because of the things I just mentioned, the, all the money that's involved in this whole thing, you you have to take that into consideration. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. You have to take those things into consideration because uh, when things happen, as Sandy has described, which don't seem to make sense, why, why in the world would you just blast people for mentioning uh, uh, therapeutics or drugs that have worked around the world and you just dismiss them out of hand or, or scoff at people mm-hmm. uh, for even 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 mentioning them. Go ahead, Sandy. You know, I, I'm just going to say this just came in my box. Uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra, which I didn't I didn't know this. They did a change in the human, Health and Human Services policy that will limit orders and shipments of monoclonal antibody treatments uh, to HHS-approved administration sites. So they're investigating all the doctors that are ordering this treatment. Wow. So, so Chip Roy's I mean, this asking, sounds like a communist country where uh, you have yeah. total, it's totalitarianism of yeah. thought. And then when you have Biden, the president of the United States, stand to 80-something million Americans who've chosen uh, to not get vaccinated to say to us, our, my, our patience is wearing thin mm-hmm. with you people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what's the next step? And we're going to put you in timeout. Yes. Or we're going to put you in uh, education educational camp or something. We'll be back in five minutes. Our thanks to Sandy. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.